Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Everett Worthington. He is a Commonwealth Professor Emeritus, Emeritus, working from the Department of Psychology at the Virginia Commonwealth University. He holds a faculty affiliate appointment at the Institute for Quantitative Social Studies, Faculty of Arts and Science, Harvard University, and the Human Flourishing Program, and he continues to be active in research and speaking around the world. He has published over 40 books and over 475 articles and scholarly chapters, mostly on forgiveness, humility, positive psychology, marriage and family topics, and religion and spirituality. He's also developed the REACH Forgiveness Model and is being tested currently in a global-funded, randomized control trials in six countries. And he's developed other positive psychology interventions. Welcome, Dr. Worthington. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be with you, Catherine. And that is a very lengthy bio on forgiveness, humility, positive psychology, marriage and family topics. And so, you know, I think that for many people facing divorce, Forgiveness is something they really struggle with. Do you think that's true? Oh, I, I do think it's true. A lot of people probably struggle because they're coming from religious background and and may believe that to divorce or that uh, forgiveness is something necessary, and yet it's very, very hard if they've been in a very conflictual relationship. And other people might find it hard, whether they're religious or not, they might find it hard just because it's a very hard thing to do. Why is forgiveness so hard? Well, on one hand, it comes natural in that um, Mike McCullough, a, a psychologist who Uh, has looked at the evolutionary roots of forgiveness, he realizes that there has to be some mechanism to kind of restore people when they've hurt each other. But on the other hand, there is a strong inborn drive for fairness and for justice. And so those two things are at conflict with each other sometimes. And um, You know, if somebody we feel has hurt us very badly, we want to make things fair. We want to make things just. And sometimes that might lead us to think we we want to get even with them. And that's a strong drive. And so the the realization that I I also want to hold my group together. I want to hold my family together. I want to hold my community together. And so I might feel that, you know, I need to do something to forgive this person, not reconcile with the person because the person may have already decided uh, we're not going to reconcile. We're not going to put our relationship back together. But but still to get my emotions back under control and, and not having them kind of rage out of control at times. 
did think, Dr. Worthington, that forgiveness is a one-person or a two-person action. Well, forgiveness is looked at by psychologists as being something that happens inside one person's skin. But it happens in a context that involves more than one person, involves the person that, let's say, hurt me or offended me. And it may involve, you know, other people like that person's mother or uh, that also identifies with them or their friends or our mutual friends. And, and this may split it up. So forgiveness per se happens inside an individual skin, but the context that tells how hard forgiveness is going to be to, to get to or how easy, um, that's really conditioned in a lot of ways by the relationships that we have. Yeah, because you know, I think that it's really interesting. You, you mentioned earlier that a lot of people feel pushed to forgive because maybe spiritually or religiously mm-hmm. they feel like they're called to do it or they've been told that it's better for their own health or psych- psychological well-being or emotional well-being, and yet somehow they feel that if they forgive the other person, it's not even, I mean, I think there's a, I completely agree with what you said about the fairness issue, but in some way they're letting them get away with their bad act. Mm-hmm. And that it's, uh, you, you know, like in our culture, and I, I think uh, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I'm sorry for whatever it is, my transgression. And the other person will say, instead of I forgive you, it's okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay is different than I forgive you. Don't you think? It is, uh, you know, or even, you know, well, you know, I'm going to move on with my life. You know, again, that's a... It's a way of reducing what we call an injustice gap. That's the sense of how much injustice was done. And there are a lot of ways to do that. So one is to accept what's uh, happened or turn it over to God or or just decide I'm not going to react to this. Life is too short. Forgiveness is another way to reduce that injustice gap. And all of those ways are legitimate ways. Probably the only non-legitimate way I can think of right off is to to try to get even with a person and and hurt them. And the only reason that is not good is it it usually is going to provoke the other person to get even back. And then that's going to set up a lot of mutual hurts back and forth. So there are a lot of ways that people can deal with hurts and and offenses. And um, forgiveness is one of many. So, Dr. Worthington, if we have a listener out there who's thinking, you know what, I would love to forgive, but I just don't know how to start doing that because I'm so hurt or I feel so betrayed or what the other person did was so wrong, what do you say to that person as to a way to start thinking about how to forgive or how to move on? Because it isn't, you know, blessing the action or the transgression. It's not saying, well, what you did was okay and I think it's fine. You know, and I'm not going to no longer think what you did was wrong. What you're talking about is the reason I asked you this question about internal versus is it a one-person or a two-person thing is what can I do to start forgiving that doesn't require something from the, the other person? 
Right. The uh, definitely forgiving doesn't make or doesn't treat what was done to me, let's say, as okay. Uh, in fact, I can't forgive anything if it wasn't wrong. So the saying "I forgive you" or believing that I forgive this person acknowledges that they did a wrong to me. So there are two types of forgiveness, and one of those types is to make a decision about how you want to act toward the person in the future. And basically that decision is, I want to treat this person as a human, as a, a valued and valuable human. I may never want to be in relationship with them again, but but I want to you know, not demean them, not to treat them as dirt, but to treat them as a human or think of them as a human. So that's a decision to forgive. The second type of forgiveness comes about because I could make a decision to forgive and still feel very emotionally upset with the person every time I think about them. I can feel resentment or bitterness or hostility or hate or anger or afraid I'm going to get hurt again. There's just lots of negative things I could feel, and that suggests that there is a second type of forgiveness that is how I replace negative, unforgiving emotions like that resentment and bitterness with more positive emotions toward the person. And so what happens if I enter into that process of trying to change my emotions, at first I won't feel any positive feelings. It's it's basically like taking a bunch of acid in my stomach and neutralizing it. And so all I experience is it getting less negative, less negative, less negative. And it, at some point, it gets to where I don't really feel anything toward the person. And for a lot of people, especially if I'm not going to continue to interact with them, then that is pretty much 100% forgiveness as far as I'm concerned. I feel nothing toward you. But if I've got to continue to interact with this person, let's say that there's a child care arrangement and we have to interact with each other over the, the children and, and we don't want to be fighting every time we come into contact with each other. We want to work out a, a mutually beneficial relationship that shows a good model for the children. So I, I might want to, in that case, not be satisfied with just feeling nothing toward the person, but try to get back to feel some kind of positive emotion toward the person. And at that point, I will feel a little bit of positive. So how much I want to feel, that's a judgment, but that's kind of the way that emotional forgiveness happens. It's a gradual lessening of the negative until neutrality or moving on, in some cases, to a more positive relationship. And how long do you think that takes, usually? <laughs> well, sometimes we never get there, and uh, and sometimes it can be very quick, but most of the time, if the hurt has been very severe, then it's going to take weeks or months or years to totally get rid of my unforgiving feelings and motives toward the person. 
sometimes we just seem to get blessed and, and be able to deal with this more quickly. There are personality differences between people. Some people are just very agreeable, and those people tend to get over things a lot quicker and not be bothered as much by things that happen that are negative. But other people are more emotionally reactive. And for people that are emotionally reactive and therefore they react strongly to negative events, but also they keep kind of bringing it up to themselves, playing it over and over in the late show of the mind. And uh, in those cases, that's going to take a lot longer and, uh, and be a lot harder to get over the unforgiveness. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts, as well as on the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Everett Worthington, who's a professor and an expert on the field of forgiveness and positive psychology. And we're talking about how divorce and forgiveness and how to reach forgiveness following divorce. And Dr. Worthington, I'm thinking that for people who feel in that situation that you're talking about where you have an ongoing post-divorce situation, say where you know, you're sharing children and, and, and it might feel like there's this constant re-injury, we call it in the law, right? Mm-hmm. Like behavior, you don't like the way your former partner is disrespectful or you know, and you feel that there's this constant, you know, re-injury of this thing that needs to be forgiven. Is there a way that a person can come to, like, a change in their internal stance and their attitude towards someone else that allows them not to have to keep going through the whole forgiveness process and just accept, reach an acceptance, maybe? Well, like I say, there's a lot of different ways to lower that sense of injustice, uh, If a person keeps re-injuring the person again and again and again, then every time that re-injury happens, you've got a new injustice to try to deal with. And so what I, as a therapist, uh, would advise people usually is, can you work out a way to limit the amount of contact that you have? Because it's, it's clear that you're neither one enjoying this, that this is costly on both people's part. And if yeah. you're going to provoke each other almost every time you see each other, then, you know, can you work out a way to lessen the amount of time that you spend together so that you lessen the amount of time that you lessen the chances that you're going to hurt each other? So, you know, I think that's kind of my go-to behavioral control Still, you know, if I've been hurt again and again, I know that I'm going to really struggle with forgiveness because, you know, every new hurt not only is a new hurt, it opens old wounds again. And so I I might start, you know, just ruminating about the old stuff again that I thought it was past, but it's been brought up by this new hurt. So I'll know that I'm in for a battle. I know that I don't want to live in a constant state of having my emotions roiled up uh, all the time. And so I've got a lot of ways that I can probably deal with this or try to deal with this. I can just say, 
you know, life is too short for this. I'm just, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to move on. And I'm not going to let that person get to me. I'm going to distance myself emotionally from the person. Or I can say, I'm going to turn this over to God. This is, uh, you know, God will make things right in the end. And, you know, I'm going to appeal to divine justice or or I'm just going to turn it over to, to God or the universe, you know, and just be done with it. Or I can say, I'm going to forbear. And that means I'm going to I'm going to just absorb this. I know if I get into that back and forth with this person, we're going to hurt each other 10 times before we disengage. And, you know, if I just have to put up with one hurt, uh, that's different than getting hurt five more times before we, uh, you know, just get rid of this uh, this interaction today. So forbearance of just not responding to the negative, not letting the person get to you, all of these are kind of practical ways to reduce that injustice gap and get to where forgiveness is is something that at least I can see is possible and um, you know then work toward how much forgiveness I can experience. You know, I, I'm thinking that I have, I remember a time where I had a, a dispute with somebody and I spent, he was very angry with me about something and I spent about a half an hour on the phone trying to, you know, understand where he was coming from and share my my understanding, tell him back where I thought he was coming from. At the end of that time, I said, so do you think I understand where you're coming from in this issue? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, are you interested to hear where I, what my experience is? And he said, no, and he hung up. Yeah, well, like like this was like incredibly freeing for me, though, because my expectation of what, you know, that we could find some real healing and like a new place in our relationship. Like, I just let go of it then, because you know what? I did understand where he was coming from, and he wasn't interested in in where I was coming from. And it completely shifted my attitude. And in some ways, I was able to let go and forgive because he said no. Isn't that kind of interesting? What happened there? Well, it, it it is interesting, and you know, it was easy to see at, at that point. Although you may not have verbalized it in the heat of the moment, but it was easy to see that you were working hard to try to you know be empathic and understand where he's coming from. And when he says no, I don't care about hearing yours. He's basically saying. I'm taking all the responsibility for the negativity on myself. You know, he basically said, you know, this is my problem. I don't want to, you know, I I have a problem with not wanting to to understand you. And so I think that makes it easier to say, okay, so it's very clear about what this relationship future is. It's going to be. You know, he doesn't care, and so I'm I'm uh, done with this. Exactly, and it was really wonder. It was a wonderful experience because up, uh-huh. you know, up until that, I've been trying to make it something better or something different, and he just mm-hmm. made it really clear that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Right. So I yeah. just want to remind people that they're listening to the Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller, and we're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. Also available as a podcast on DivorceDialogues.com. And I'm talking with Everett Worthington, who is an expert and author on the subjects of forgiveness 
humility, positive psychology, marriage and family topics as religion and spirituality. And Dr. Worthington, if people are listening, interested in finding out more about your work, where can they get more information? Well, I have a website that is www.evworthington-forgiveness.com. I'll say that again in a minute. But what's on that website is just a massive amount of free material. I do have some books listed on there because they won't let me give them away. But other than that, everything <laughs> on there is free. There's, you know, how to run groups. There's participant manuals and leader manuals for running groups. There's do-it-yourself workbooks to promote forgiveness, to humility, self-forgiveness, if people struggle with self-forgiveness and self-condemnation, uh, with patience, with kind of all kinds of um you know, character strengths that people want to build. So that uh, website, evworthington-forgiveness.com, free stuff. Just uh, there's a little menu right up top and look for DIY workbooks or groups or whatever people are interested in. So what is it that led you to get interested in this field in the first place? Well, I was... uh, uh, when I first started out my career as an academician, as a counseling psychologist, I was, you know, going for licensure and I was seeing clients and, uh, and then I continued to have a private practice with clients for about probably 10 years. And what I did is very quickly, I, I gravitated to seeing couples and I just uh, really enjoyed working with couples and seeing them get better and, and, uh, you know, kind of weeping with them when it, things didn't get better. And so we start working with couples that are having trouble and, uh, forgiveness pops up really, really quickly, almost in it. Sure. So that's really what got me interested in the forgiveness. And, and so I wrote about it from a clinical standpoint and wrote articles on how to do interventions to help people forgive and you know books on it but i had a a student come in and he was interested in doing research on this and it turns out there was only one other team in the country that was really doing any research at that time on forgiveness and so we just really got interested in studying it from a scientific point of view and making up interventions and testing them to see what worked with people and what didn't work with people and refining those interventions. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, we were quite invested. At that point, my mother got murdered on a uh, New Year's Eve night with a young man breaking into our house and thinking no one was home and, and then killing her with a crowbar that he had used to, to break in. And I was able to forgive the young man, but that just changed things from my point of view. It made it less of an academic discipline or even a clinical practice, a professional practice, and it made it very personal. And that's what led me to develop mission statement for my life to do all that I could do to promote forgiveness in every willing heart, home, and homeland. And so that's really led to my work with, you know, individuals, with couples, with families, with, you know, traveling around the world and 
We're doing a worldwide study right now, studying this reach forgiveness model that, uh, like I say, is free on the on the website. And at the end of that, what we hope to have is we hope to have work these do-it-yourself workbooks translated into Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese, Indonesian, Russian, Ukrainian, Spanish, um, and therefore available free to two-thirds to three-fourths of the people in the world. So that's what got me in there, and that's kind of the way it's taking me now. That is an incredible story. (laughs) I really appreciate how you're taking your own sort of academic pursuit and applying it in in a way that's so personal to you and then reaching other people in their personal lives on such a deep level. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your efforts in that regard. I think our world desperately needs more of that kind of work. Thank you. So, uh, Ken, in a a minute, is the REACH model um, something that people can do on their own? It's uh, it's that do-it-yourself workbook. There's a two-hour version, and then there's about a seven-hour version. The seven-hour version, the longer you spend, the more you'll forgive. But R is like recall the hurt, E, empathize with the person who hurt you, A, give an altruistic gift of forgiveness that they don't deserve, C, commit to that forgiveness, and H, hold on. Oh, that's amazing. Dr. Everett Worthington, thank you so much for being our guest on Dialogue and Divorce. It's really been a pleasure having you. Well, thank you, Catherine. I enjoyed it. <laughs>